Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, visionary healers, movers, and shakers, because that's what we are and that's who you are. And I love bringing you inspirational, magical, creative women, entrepreneurs, some guys, got some guys coming. <laughs> it's awesome. And, uh, but I am Paulette Reese-Denis. I am your transformational lifestyle coach for creative women in mid-career on the verge, on the verge of what? And so uh, today I get to bring you Brenda Florida is here. I'm so excited. Uh, Brenda and I have been kind of in the same mastermind group now for a while, and I'm so excited to share her with you. Brenda, welcome. Thank you, Paulette. I am so happy to be here and to be with your audience. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well, I love your energy. I love your colorfulness. <laughs> I am colorful, even if I'm wearing navy blue today. Yeah, well, you got a little purple in the hair thing going uh, on. I got the but, purple um, in the hair. But, you know, I feel, I feel very akin to a lot of the work that we're doing. We're very similar in some ways, of course. And I would love you to tell our folks what you are doing, what you're up to. Yes, well, so I'm a certified life coach. Now, this is a very um, midlife sort of career for me. That would be midlife if assuming I'm going to live to be about 110. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I used to say 100, but now then I read this book about lifespan and how we don't have to age the way we've thought about aging. And now I've decided I'm going for 110. But That's anyway, so I have been an entrepreneur really my whole life. I, my first business with a, was a Domino's pizza franchise in my very early twenties with my at the time husband. And then from there, I went to real estate and spent 30 plus years there and then transitioned into being a life coach. And so that's sort of the career trajectory. I like to say, in fact, I just wrote an article today for a magazine um, that I have fallen. I know how to fall down and get up. So, <laughs> Uh, there's been a lot of falling down in my life. We don't have anywhere near enough time to cover it all here. But I, as an entrepreneur, I think that part of what is really valuable and part of what I coach people with, part of it, is this ability to recover, mm. right? Recover from disappointment, recover from setback. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. And so about three years ago, maybe it's three and a half now, but may, anyway, two and a half or three and a half, my calendar, in my head can't calculate it fast enough. Not that long ago, I was sitting in a parking lot in, in a beautiful beach. I was in La Jolla for anybody who knows Southern California, to me, the most beautiful beach pretty much on the planet right there. Anyway, in the parking lot where it's free to park. Googling homeless shelters for women. And not because I wanted to give them money or volunteer, but because I was afraid I would need to check in. Uh, so that was my probably biggest fall down. <laughs> and it's just really important to me. I have a real passion for helping people. Facilitating is a word I like better than helping into their own recoveries from setback, mm -hmm. their own, if we want to use a broader word, it's really to me all healing 
because in my worldview, everything that happens in our life is happening to take us somewhere. Like it's happening for our good. Yes. Okay. Now that can be hard. I promise you when I was Googling homeless shelters, I wasn't sitting there thinking this is going to be so great, you know, (laughs) but in the back of my mind, I've got this really deep belief that somehow I'm going to look back on this. Plus remember at that point, I'm like 58. So again, not my first rodeo. And I know that every other hardship, every other super unexpected thing, like getting fired the Monday after I returned from my daughter's wedding, um, (laughs) you know, everything in there. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, my daughter's wedding where I spent every dime I had, um, anyway, um, gladly spent every dime I had. Uh, I know that when I look back, I can see it, right? Like when we get into hindsight, we're like, oh, I get how that helped take me to my next greatest thing, right? Right. So I love helping people get there because I can't get them there, which is what I just said, help again. Really, I like the word facilitate Uh because I can't get anyone there. Right. Well, they have, they have to do the work. We all have to do our own work, but I'm great at facilitating. I have a lot of life experience as you might have guessed, and I'm great at facilitating people into their own recovery, their own version of what it is to get back up. Yes. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. And what a beautiful thing. And and I know that women in this mid-age thing, I mean, that's, that's predominantly who I work with, women in mm-hmm. mid-age, mid-career, mid-change. And mm-hmm. of course, that can be in your 20s. It can be whatever. Sure. But um, there are so many changes. Mm-hmm. There, are, there can be so many setbacks, especially if we have fallen into a rut or into a stuck pattern. Mm-hmm. And then at this time, it's like, okay, wait a minute, stop, <laughs> right? Hold the presses. Yeah, There's something else happening, and we need yes. to find it. I need to find it. You need to find it. Yes, you know, and especially as multi-passionate women. Yes, yeah, so I'm very much multi-passionate. Okay. I'm very creative. So, and I like, I'm very practical and pragmatic too. So I'm very spiritual. So like I have all these polarities, (laughs) right? Like I love my flip-flops as much as I love my sequins, you know, whatever. I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So in doing that, like that can be an outstanding and beautiful gift. And at least for me, when I'm in one of my falling down times, it can add to the confusion because it's like, oh, well, should I go do this or go do that? Should I stay with coaching? Should I go back to real estate? Should I go get a job? Do, you know, get a side hustle. Should I go, should I focus on this ideal client or that ideal client? And it can, and it can create for people who are creative and multi-passionate, it can cause what feels like a lot of chaos I mean, that can happen anytime, but I think when you really are feeling positive and moving forward, you can manage that better than when nothing is working, you know? And I know I spent my fair amount of time 
you know, I felt like I was just sort of throwing spaghetti against the wall because I, for me, it was about a growth spurt I needed to take around abundance. Mm. And so I felt so desperate to make money. And of course my surrounding, you know, my checkbook and everything around me was reminding me every day that I needed money. Mm-hmm. And so I got, I let myself get caught in that fear. And it was just like, like, well, I got to make money anywhere when this client shows up. Oh, they're not my ideal client, but I'll take them, mm-hmm. you know? And I wound up having like three or four clients, not in my ideal client base. And I totally appreciated the money and I could do the work. Mm-hmm. So this is where we get like into Gay Hendrix's zone of genius, yes, zone right. of excellence. I was in my zone of excellence, but because I had experienced my zone of genius, I felt that difference, right? Sure. I didn't love that work the way I love being in my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there were a lot of lessons in that through for me uh, in that time. And it lasted uh, almost three years. So, yeah. and so just, just for one second. So what yeah. she's talking about is the big leap. Yes. The, the book, book, the big by, leap by Gay Hendricks. Great book. Awesome. Really, okay. really good book. I've gone back to it, you know, and reread it or reread parts of it many times because it's easy in times of pressure to sort of lose track of staying in our zone of genius. And that doesn't mean like, I'm not being judgmental <laughs> towards doing things. I'm in a side hustle right now. That is definitely my zone of excellence that for me and everybody's journey is different. So that's one thing I want to say, I think mm-hmm. it's really easy as entrepreneurs to get caught in the idea that there's a formula somewhere or, mm-hmm. and, and everything online, right? Every online program person is selling here's my 10 ways I became this, you know, millionaire, fill in the blank coach, podcaster, writer, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so here's how you can do it and buy my course. And you too will be at the, you know, and so we're bombarded with that all the time. Yeah. And one of my messages I would like to say today, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are all unique. Yes. Our gifts are all unique. And our journeys are all unique. Yes. So I didn't have somebody with just looking through a total business only lens Mm -hmm. could look at my, this three-year period and be like, what the hell was she doing? You know, what a business failure. Cause every nothing, I wasn't making enough money. You know, when you can't even make enough money to have a home, which I did not have for over two years. Mm. My own home. I I was couch. I never went to a homeless shelter. I couch surfed, house sat, and ultimately ended up moving in with a friend for nine months. It's there's a lot of negative thoughts (laughs) around being 59 years old and needing to live with your best friend for nine months. Yeah, because I just couldn't get money to come in. Mm -hmm. I'm a smart girl, and I've made a lot of money in the past. So I'm just like. (laughs) you know and but I had my own journey everyone listening you have your own journey that doesn't fit into somebody's formula right and that's what I'm always saying flying your freak flag 
Yes. You can do it your way. Yeah. And I would say we have to, you have to, you have to do it your way. I took classes from the smartest people. In fact, one of the reasons I was so broke was because I literally went bankrupt because I couldn't pay out of my checking account. So I kept charging, charging, charging for a very expensive mastermind led by a very successful woman making a lot of other people very successful. And I'm doing all the things and doing everything she told me, you know, but nothing was working. Uh Uh And so of course I got mad at her. Right. I had my, my time a judgy for like, what, why isn't this program working for me? I paid her all this money. Why, you know, da, da, da. But the truth was it, it was my own journey to, to one recover my own power. Oh, Yes. Gorgeous. You know, and then that bleeds into, you know, power bleeds into everything in our lives had to do with abundance. It had to do with all kinds of things, but it's very easy to project our power for making money uh, for anything. (laughs) But in this case for making money Mm -hmm. on another person, whether it's the program that's going to help you make money or the client that's bringing the money or the job. I don't care if you have a regular, you know, W2 job. If in your own mind, your employer is why you have money, then they have the power. You know, and sure, employers and clients are all conduits to bring money into our lives, right? Okay, the money needs a conduit. But when we're owning our power, which was so much of my journey was how to bring my power back to me, then I know I have the power. And if the job goes, I'll go get another job or open my own business or, you know, and if the client goes, I'll go find another client, whatever. I have the power to bring that abundance to me. It's not the other person or the other, you know, situation, circumstance, the husband, the, you know, all that, that we can think or feel like is why we have that. Mm -hmm. So all of that is a big power projection. And when we can bring all that power back to ourselves, one of my primary clients uh, would be people who identify themselves as people pleasers, which is, you know, many of us, and most people know what that means. But if you don't, you know, it's that pattern, it's a habit of putting other people first, to the point that you're suffering yourself, it's at the expense of yourself. So I love being generous. I love caring for others. I'm a very caretaking kind of person in a lot of ways. So that's beautiful. But when I do that, at my own expense, when I shut my mouth, because I don't want to rock the boat it's off my husband or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, then I'm silencing myself at my own expense. And that's where the people pleasing habit comes in. And so, and of course there's no power in that we've given all of our power to others. So um, that's part of my passion is to another way to say it would be to bring people back into their own power. Mm. So good. And how many of you out there in Heart Hustle Land understand what she's talking about? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you have been in those shoes. Yes. And I hope you're not still in those shoes. But if you are, it's time to move on. Yes. And you so- can, no matter what you're certain, you know, you, you can. I don't care how broke you are, how desperate you feel, how like there's always 
always, always a crack in the window that will lead to the door that will let you out. Oh my God, what a great saying. <laughs> crack in the window that will lead to the door that will lead you out. Did you hear that? <laughs> there. Like a big bumper sticker. <laughs> That's me. Lots of words. <laughs> That's really good. I got I to gotta write that down. Uh, I'm writing it down. A crack in the door, in the window. That leads to the door. Leads to the door. That will let you out. Yeah. I like that. I think I just said that for the first time. I, well, that was brilliant. I need to make a thing and put it on Instagram, you right? You do. You totally I'm going to camp. Or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's a, that leads to the door that will let you in. Ooh. 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 Into your own, into yes. your own guidance, into yes. your own wisdom, into your own power. That's where all the good juicy stuff is. Well, and, then, and I think, and especially uh, with women in mid-career, mid-age, I think it's easy to... Um, feel frustrated or let down or time to settle. Oh, totally. Because whether it's an, a thought about your age right. or a thought about the things you've already done. Oh, and I'm, I'm old. I can't do yeah. that. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. My time. Yeah. Like I remember around, this was actually right before I turned 50. It had to be because, because of where I was on my 50th birthday, but so must 48 ish, let's say mm-hmm. I had a, a good job. I lived in a place I liked fine, not Southern California. I was back in Pennsylvania in those years. And uh, in Pennsylvania. I, at this point for this story, I was in Harrisburg. I also lived outside of Philly up in the suburbs, north of Philly for quite, quite a while. I lived in Doylestown for a while. Oh, okay. Okay. So my best friend that I lived with for nine months, she's in Perkasie. So Bucks County. Okay. And um, <laughs> I lived in Montgomery County, Lansdale. My real estate office was in Lansdale. Okay. I, you know, yeah. Yeah. All the things. And then I went to Harrisburg um, twice actually to take real estate jobs and when I was, you know, like I said, around 48 or so, I had a great job. I got to do a lot of company travel. It was paid for, you know, I'm happy. I'm not making, I'm not back to six figures, which is what I was when I owned my own real estate office. I was that or above and country club membership and all those fun things. So I wasn't there, but I was comfortable and, you know, I was happy. I'd rebuilt, you know, I had a good life and I just thought, you know, I'm almost 50, all these things I should be grateful. I am not should be, I am grateful for. Uh Now it was much smaller than the life I had dreamed of that I wanted that included a lot of international travel, much more success, much more abundance, much more influence. Okay. Uh That was what I had always wanted from, uh, from when I was like 18. Like I've just always wanted that in various forms, but Uh that, you know, are, those are the broad brush strokes. And I was just like, Brenda, just be happy. Be great. Now, these are some of the loveliest or most limiting words of all, I think. Be grateful for what you have. I love that, except when the subtext to that is stop trying to go for more. Ah, uh, yeah. And a lot of times that's what happens. Right. 
I have a couple of clients now who uh, I'm coaching through that because they've been successful and they're midlife, you know, and they think they're done and they think they're done, but they've got that whisper, that little, you know, poke that comes up now and then that says, wait, maybe there's more, maybe it's not too late. Maybe I'm not too old. Mm-hmm. And it's, it nudges them enough that they're working with me to figure that out. Right. So I think that that's really important that we not, one of my favorite books, I mean, I read a lot, so uh, I have many favorite books, but there's a woman (laughs) named Dr. Edith Eager. Hmm. And she is a psychologist, psychiatrist, something like that. And she survived the Holocaust they actually found, so she was only like 16. She's 92-ish right now, maybe 93 now. They found her body in a, a heap of bodies, of dead bodies, and thought, you know, but she was alive. Wow. And because she had been on one of those horrible death marks, marches right at the end, you know, when, when the U.S. soldiers were coming in to liberate the various camps, And, you know, whatever soldier kept going and found her and, you know, got her out. So extensive injuries, of course, all kinds of things. Um, So she lives through that. And at 90, at 90 years old, she writes the book about it. Mm. And she spent her whole life then helping mostly soldiers with PTSD, Mm. but various people who had experienced very, you know, traumatic, significant traumas and at 90 writes her book. And I'm just like, that's, that's who I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. You know, not somebody figuring out just which book to read next in my recliner. Yeah. There's, I mean, God, there's just so much, there's so much room for expansion and there's, yes. You know, as we get older, we want to fall into some comfort and, you know, chilling we've worked so hard and we want to retire quote unquote whatever that means Mm -hmm. there's still so much life to live there's so much expansion i mean and that's that's what i work with my clients on all the time Mm -hmm. you know um i am enough yes i am enough but i'm not done yes yeah enough and done are two different things the same way grateful and settling yeah. two different things yeah. but um, on an emotional level we often will use gratitude if you're a person who's buys it all into the gratitude practice to excuse some place we're settling and mm-hmm. frankly other people use it at us I mean I I've been married twice and have one other significant relationship and all three of these men in their own ways were always telling me to stop wanting more. Why couldn't I be content? Why could, you know, as if again, the fact that I wanted more meant I wasn't content to me, those are two totally different things, right? You know, I love my life and I want more and that's okay. Right. And, right. I, and, you know, whatever I'm 61 right now. Um, and I want to say that when I'm 81, Yeah. you know, I want my best year to always be ahead of me and not behind me. Today is the best day of my life right now. Yeah, right. right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Hey, hey, hey. So tell me what you do for mm-hmm. yourself on mm-hmm. kind of like a daily basis. What's your self-care yeah. regime? So, even though I'm single and I've been single most of the last 20 years, I need a lot of time for solitude. I had kids living with me during some of those 20 years, but anyway, (laughs) I have had no kids at home, lived alone for a lot of years now, but I still need a lot of time for solitude. And by that, I mean, not just home alone, but time that's just for me. So when I get up in the morning, I take now, cause again, I don't have kids at home and I, you know, this is, this is a luxury. Um, I know for those who have children and uh, people they're caring for, you know, if you're taking care of um, a lot of us are having to care for our parents. I thankfully has a, have a sister who takes care of my mom, but I take about two hours in the morning that is just me time. I usually meditate. I journal. I'm a big journaler. So I journal. Yeah. Yeah. I've usually got some kind of soft music on. Sometimes I'm just reading something that's entertaining to me or, you know, I love fashion. So I've got my fashion magazines and whatever, but it is, it's time I protect for myself Mm. to nurture myself. So that my day starts off, I got in a bad habit a couple in the last couple months, I stopped about a month ago of like getting up and just checking my email because a lot of people I work with are on the East coast and I'm here on the West coast, especially in my side hustle. So like, I'm looking for, oh, is there something I need to, to, it's a terrible way to start your day. Don't look at your email first thing in the morning. Like it just gets you right out of that sort of first thing coming out, you know, from sleep to awake, that lucid sort of period and just driving your brain right into tasks. Yeah. It's a time of reverence. Yeah. And so I, I got back, uh, out of that habit again, uh, and have been much more protective again, but I do that. Uh, I also, I spend a lot of time walking on the beach or again, just solid. I had my kids in and company last weekend and my company was here for about four or five five days so this past weekend i had nothing on my calendar because i don't after all that other people in my world activity i need to go get time by myself again space yeah space (laughs) solitude silence you know reading meditating whatever it is that will fill my cup you know going to the gym whatever it is Um, but I have to, I'm very aware of when I get depleted, Mm -hmm. I think because of all the years I was a people pleaser and I let myself get so exhausted and, you know, had really almost no barometer and so no boundaries Mm -hmm. for when to say no. And so now I'm pretty sensitive to it and I don't let myself get very out of balance before it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, this is, you know, when I feel all stirred up and for me, it's all kind of just like spinning energy. Mm-hmm. When I, when I realize that's yeah. happening, I know it's cause I need time by myself. Yeah. Doesn't matter if I've spent 20 days by myself, I need more time by myself. If that's happening. Spinning energy. Yeah. It's very sort of chaotic and oh. frenetic. Frenetic is a good How word. How many of you guys have experienced that before? Yeah. <laughs> hello yeah (laughs) oh my gosh wow that's great so so 
I find that a lot of my clients are like, well, I can't give myself any time in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, well, get up earlier. Yeah. You know, do what, what's going to work for you to put you in that space. Yeah. Don't cut yourself short. Don't, don't self-sabotage yourself. Yeah. Because what happened, and I started doing this when my kids were young. So I have four kids that are set only seven years apart from the oldest to the youngest. How many? Four. Four kids. Ooh. So when they were young, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of little kids and babies in your house. Uh, <laughs> but I, now I didn't do two hours then. Right. But I got to where I realized you know, I kind of figure out the kids have a pattern, right? When my youngest is, or not necessarily the youngest, when the one that's going to wake up earliest <laughs> is going to wake up. And I just try to get up like, thir- I'd set my alarm. I wasn't trying to get up, but you know, they didn't always get up at the exact same time. But anyway, I'd set my alarm for 30 minutes earlier and at least get 30 minutes that oh. I get to myself. But, you know, as adults, especially with no small children at home, if that's your situation, usually not getting up in the morning and taking time for ourselves in the morning is because we've used that time the night before, Mm. you know, we stayed up too late binge watching something or, you know, just whatever happened in that night that then we're too tired to get up in the morning and tend to ourselves. So I think if you're a person, I'm also super practical. I said that at the beginning. So if you're a person who's like, I can't even imagine having two hours. Okay. So first of all, don't start with two hours. So if you're not taking 15 minutes, take 15 minutes. And if you're struggling with that, then look at your habits the evening before, look at your bedtime habits, how late you're staying up. Like I started realizing I was sabotaging my Monday morning with my Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm just still a little bit in party mode and I, you know, I tend to stay up too late or have one too many Cosmos or whatever. Not <laughs> like I'm hung over on Monday morning, but I knew I wasn't my best. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh no, wait a minute. That's not working. Uh, that's not working for me, yeah. you know. Um, so it's all, you know, look, again, everybody's it's building new habits. It's being aware. Yeah. It's time management. I mean, it can yeah. be super practical. You got to mix. I always say I mix the woo with the practical. Yes, yes, yes. Me too. I'm super yeah. woo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> woo AF, right? Woo yeah. AF. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, uh, this is awesome. Okay. So any last words? I think I would say, or repeat, because we've kind of said this, but just to put it all in a nutshell is really turning inward that you are your best resource, that you have the only answers that are right for you. Yes. They may be very different than what you're getting feedback from. Like, even though I was getting all that feedback that I could have interpreted as I suck as a life coach, cause I can't get any business or I suck as a business person. Cause I can't get clients or whatever thought. And sure. Those thoughts popped in my head from time to time, but inside I knew I was good at what I did, uh-huh. Uh-huh. both being a coach and being a businesswoman. And so holding on to that almost kind of then made me have to reinterpret 
all this evidence I was getting in the world around. So if it's not that I'm not a good business person, I'm not a good coach. What's all this about? Why is nothing working? Why am, why am I broke as hell? You know, like, so then I had to get to bigger answers uh-huh. that were again inside of me. It was all inside of me and all the healing was inside of me. And yes, I had other facilitators who helped me with that the way you and I help our clients. Right. But it was still all inside of me, which is where all that power is. Everything you need, you know, is there. You may need some help accessing it or uncovering it or whatever words you like to use to open that, but it's all there and you already have it. Yeah. Love that. I love that. And that's, that's, you know, honoring ourselves and listening in deep and taking that time, the quiet time. Mm-hmm. And ask ourselves what we truly want, what we really want. Yes. Or what's next? Yes. What's next? Yes. I love the question because I really learned the power of bad questions and good questions during that time. And I pretty much learned any question that starts with why is a bad question. Yeah. Because it just leads me to like some downward spiral. You know, why isn't this working? Why don't I have clients? Why is this lasting so long? Why don't I, you know, it's like, why do babies die? There's just no good answer to that question. But here's the question I love. What is seeking to emerge? Mm. Because that's going to take me to something powerful. There's no judgment in the question, what is seeking to emerge? Whereas most why questions will lead you straight into a judgment. Now, see, now that's really interesting because I love the question why, Ah, but I move it forward. I don't move it back. Yeah. And it's like, why do you want to do that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, yes. You need to know why you want yes. that thing. So that's different. That's, that's not a different. Yes, you're so right. That's a it's semantics, but it's important because I'm like in Simon Sinek's, you know, all about why. Like, oh, yeah, I, I think oh, that what's driving us that kind of when we're when we're exploring what's driving us, what motivates us, the why is super important yeah. mm-hmm. when we're in difficulty. Right. Why it usually yes. leads to a judgment that that's a better way to say that's- that. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That was yeah. that was great. Yeah. That yeah. was really good clarification. Um okay. I think we're good. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that, was, that was some pretty hot, so wonderful, juicy, good goodness. Yeah. And Brenda, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with all of us and shake, sharing your time. And we didn't even get into your your um your method. The solvent method. Oh. I love the solvent method. So listen, you guys need to go to her website and check out her work and connect with her. Uh, I am, you know, mailing list, whatever. Yeah. um, You know, let us know what what this has um, inspired you or or Mm -hmm. questions that have come up for you listening to this conversation. I love these conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, Short and sweet and intense and fabulous. (laughs) And so, and so everybody, thank you for being here for another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers and Shakers with our guest today, Brenda Florida, who happens to live not very far from me. 
Yeah. We're going to check that out. Yeah. So, and I am Paula Ristini. I am your magic maker and your movement motivator. And until we meet again, many blessings. Mwah. <laughs>